So y'all want to hear the story? <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was a time when we went. Dima was like, you know, let's go pray for, uh, uh, let's go pray for, you know, against nightclubs. And we went to Kirkland. We went to different places, and we were praying. And we got I got one of those uh, Windex bottles, and uh, put some, you know, put some of our anointing oil that we have over there in in one of those uh, Windex bottles. And so we sprayed the <laughs> the nightclubs. We sprayed the door handles. We sprayed the windows. We sprayed. We spread everything, and then we had some left, and then uh, so we just poured the rest of it on this place right here, and uh, so yeah, it couldn't it couldn't handle it couldn't handle it. Just I think I think it was all, all the rebukes that every single time we drive by it, we're like I rebuke you, or you know I just I couldn't handle it, so just gave in. Amen. <laughs> um, so I wanted to preach a message tonight that God put on my heart, and um, you know it's one of those messages that's not very easy to uh, to speak, but felt like God gave it to me, so I'm going to talk about it tonight, and uh, before we start, let's bow our heads and let's uh, pray and invite God into our hearts. Jesus, we thank you, God, for your presence. God, we thank you for for, for the fact that we know you, God, the fact that we're saved. God, that we have your light inside of us. God, we thank you for your word. It builds us up, God. It encourages us. God, we thank you, Lord, for, for everything that you gave us, God, the the, the blessings that we have in our lives, God. And we pray that you would speak to us tonight, God. We pray that you would encourage us, God, that you would build us up tonight. God, I pray that you would speak through me, God. Use me tonight, God. Use, use me, God. I know that I don't have anything important to say, God. I don't have anything that, that people need to hear, God. It's you, Lord. People need to hear what you have to say, God. I pray that you would speak through me, God. I pray, God, for boldness, Lord, for, so, so that I could preach your word with clarity, God. I pray that your word would go forth today, God, that your word would sound, God, that every, every person listening, God, that we would all hear your word, God. We would all accept it, and it would change us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, as I said earlier, it's not, uh, God gave me a message kind of uh, a little while ago, and I just really, I wanted to speak it, but at the same time, I didn't want to talk about it. And uh, the message is about the cross, and the title for, for the message is Crucified at the Cross. Crucified at the Cross. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, not one of those messages that somebody's going to shout me down, you know, don't shout me down now, don't get too excited about it, you know, don't, don't jump out of your seats. Uh, but this is one of those messages that, that we need to hear, and I felt like God put on my heart, and so we're going to talk about it tonight. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, the message of the cross, uh, Vasa talked about it a couple weeks ago, and uh, I kind of want to talk about it from kind of a different, uh, from a different point of view. And, you know, the, the cross, Jesus said to carry our cross. He said that we should carry our cross uh, every day. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, come and carry your cross. You know, the cross, I would say the cross is the most important thing. If we got to get one thing right, it's, uh, it's the fact that we have to carry our cross. Like, if we're going to get one thing right, if we, gotta, if we make sure that, you know, we get one thing, it's we got to carry our cross. Because if we carry our cross, uh, everything else is lined up, is in order. If we carry our cross... Uh, we stay broken. If we carry our cross, we'll stay on the right path. If we carry our cross, we won't go to the left or to the right. We'll, we'll be in God's perfect will. So we got to make sure that we carry that, the cross in our life. And, you know, for us today, a cross, it doesn't really uh, mean as much as it would if we lived 2,000 years ago. Uh, you know, we see a cross. Okay, it's, it's a cross. It's, we get it, you know. We, we, but we don't really get it you know what I mean. We, we understand kind of what, what a cross is and what happened on a cross, but we didn't live around that time. We've never seen 
Anybody ever seen someone crucified on a cross? Anybody? Okay, good. Happy nobody saw it. It's, it's, not, it's not a pretty sight. We don't really understand what the full implication of, of a cross. We don't, we've never seen it. And, and we know about it, and we, the Bible talks about it. And Jesus, he says, carry your cross, and we understand what he says by that. We, we kind of get it, but, but I kind of wanted to, to present it tonight in a new way. Um, maybe in a way that you haven't heard yet, but, but this, is, this is how somebody would look at the cross uh, about 2,000 years ago. You know, it's very controversial today, and it was very controversial back then. And when Jesus, he would say, carry your cross, uh, Paul would talk about the cross. Um, so there's something about the message of the cross. And we have to understand, uh, what happened on a cross? Uh, it, was very, it was very bloody. It was, it was uh, uh, if you ever read about, I don't know if has anybody read about what happened on a cross. Uh, what people would be crucified on a cross. And, and it was literally the worst way to die for somebody back in that time. Uh, there was no, that was the, the, just the, the pinnacle of suffering was a cross. That was the worst way. Uh, there was nothing else devised by man. It was inhuman. It was so, uh, so barbaric that most countries, most nations never did it because, uh, because of what they would do to, to a person. And it would take them, it would take them days just to die because of the, the suffering. They, you know, the word excruciating comes from the word to crucify. Uh, because it was excruciating pain. It was uh, as they would keep a person alive as long as possible until, and, and then he would die. And actually, when they would break their legs, that was actually, they're doing them a favor. You know, when the Bible says that uh, Pilate, he ordered that their legs would be broken, and, and, and so they would die faster. Uh, and what, what would happen is the way that they were hanging, uh, they, would, they would have no leg support. And so they couldn't push themselves up, and they would suffocate within minutes. And the cross, is, it's a very, and, and that's why uh, they came to Jesus. They saw he was already dead, so they did not break his bones. Uh, and so the cross was very, uh, it, was, it was the most humiliating way to die. It was the worst way to die. It was like the worst people would, would die on a cross. It wasn't just regular folk, you know, just they did something bad, they go to jail, and then they had the cross. It was the worst people. It was pirates. It was uh, people that, you know, had revolutions. It was people that committed treason against Rome. It was just, just the worst people would be crucified on a cross in the worst way possible. They would be completely humiliated. And, uh, you know, Jesus went, went on the cross. He died on the cross. And, you know, there's something about the cross. Uh, you know, if you were to tell somebody back in that day, if you were to tell them to carry your cross. See, for us, that we kind of, we understand it. But back in that day, when Jesus would say, carry your cross, they would, they would get, it, it wouldn't be just like, okay. They would, they, would know it, they would know what it is because people knew what it was. They would place people on a cross. They would place them on, the, on main roads so that everybody walking by can see it. They know, what's, they know it's a warning to not commit crimes. And it worked, you know, that, that's the way it really works so people will not commit crimes in the future. And uh, people would know what a cross was. Everybody knew what it was. They'd seen it. They'd seen uh, people, and historians would write, they would say, the cross is not for anybody. It's, it's not for anybody's eyes. You need to stay away. Like, they did not want to see the cross. They didn't want to, uh, they didn't want to hear about it. They didn't want to see it. It was very, uh, you could say it was very offensive if you were to tell somebody to carry a cross. Because uh, it was, if you're carrying a cross, the implication is you're going to die on that cross, and it's going to be something 
is going to be something very bad. You're going to be completely humiliated. And so Jesus, imagine Jesus telling people, carry your cross. Can you imagine living at that time? And Jesus would tell you, carry your cross. You know, you might get offended. I'm pretty sure you would because that meant that you were going to die in a very bad way. That's probably, probably wishing the worst thing for somebody just like here. I wish the worst thing for you in your, in your life, the worst possible thing. Go carry your cross, you know. And Paul said, uh, the, the Jews say it's all nonsense. Uh, or no, the Jews are offended and the Greeks say it's all nonsense. People were offended when they would say to carry your cross. People were offended because it was something that they didn't want to do. And, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't wish the cross for anybody. It was, it was a horrible thing. Um, but we have to understand that why would Jesus talk about the cross like that? If it's such a bad, such a horrific thing, why would he ever mention it? You know, I, I think the cross is more intense, um, more, in, more radical, more intense than what we think it as. It was probably because when somebody would hear it, they would, their insides would probably just turn up. They, they, they wouldn't understand why would they have to carry a cross. It was something very intense. It's an intense message. And so uh, let's open up to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, look over at a Christian who has a Bible. Romans 6, verse 1, uh, and we're going to read down to verse 8. It says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were, and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Amen. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from that power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. So he's talking about being uh, that, that we, he says in verse 3, uh, have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? Jesus died, how did Jesus die? He died on a cross. It says, have you forgotten? Why does, why does Paul tell, tell the Romans, he says, what, have you forgotten? Why does he say, have you forgotten that? Because we tend to forget about the cross. We tend to forget about uh, being crucified on a cross. We tend to forget. He says, when you joined Jesus Christ, when we were saved, we joined Jesus in his death. Uh, none of us got saved because we're having a great day. You know, we were just like, man, this is a great day. Everything's working out today. Sun is shining. And you know what? I'm going to get saved today. Yeah, that's just, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. You know, no, nobody, none of us got saved like that. Uh, because when you come to Jesus, you come to the cross. You come to Jesus, you come to to a crucified Jesus. You come to, uh, to repentance. There was no, if you didn't get saved, if you got saved and everything was just fine, you were just having a fun time, then you didn't really get saved. Because when we get saved, we, uh, we have to, we come to the cross. We see our sinfulness. We see that, that we need a Savior. Jesus is our Savior. We, we need the blood to wash our sins away. And, and that's salvation. And when we join Christ, we join him in his death right? We, jo- we don't join him at, on, a, on a good, on a great note. We join him in his death. 
So when we come to Christ, we came to him in his death. But, but here he says, have you forgotten that when we joined Christ, we joined him, we were baptized with him in his death. Have you forgotten that? We tend to forget that that's what happened. We tend to forget that, that we gave our life to Jesus. We tend to forget, like that song was saying uh, today, Jesus at the center, Jesus at the center of my life. We tend to forget that Jesus is the center of our life. We tend to forget that, that we joined Jesus. We didn't just give him that time and we just said some words, but we gave him our life. We gave him everything. We tend to forget that, that we came to Jesus, we came to his cross, and his cross, uh, it, we, we have new life with him, but we're also joined with him in his death. We tend to forget that. But why do we need to join him in his death? Because then we can have new life in him. We don't have new life until we have the death. We don't have something new until, until we die with Jesus. Uh, but God wants to give us new life. Like uh, that, that guy, uh, Anatoly, um, who's the guy that was talking very fast on Sunday? Anatoly, I forgot his last name. Anatoly, yeah, I don't know his last name, but he, I mean, he was talking very fast. You guys remember him, right? And, and he, was, uh, he, he had a new life, right? At 30 years old, he was done. He, was, he said his life was over. It was a dead end. But uh, Jesus came into his life, and he gave him a new life. Can you imagine? Uh, he was on drugs, doing alcohol, uh, just, he was about to die. His organs were giving out. And then now he's in a different country. He's preaching at a church. It's like, how, does, how did he get from one place to another? Was it by his own strength? Was it, was it by his own works? Did he do that himself? He could never have done that. That's why Jesus gave him a new life. And there's so many uh, thousands and thousands. We all have a testimony of how God gave us new life. God brought us up. And we love the new life. We love when Jesus gives us new life. We love when Jesus, uh, when he raises us up. We all want to be raised up, but not all of us want to be crucified at the cross. Amen. We all want, we all love the new life. We all, we all love the fact that we're alive. Anybody alive in Jesus tonight? Some people are alive. All right. Some people, anybody dead? No. Who didn't understand the question? <laughs> we're, we, we love the fact, man, I'm alive in Jesus. But but at the same time, we forget that there's a death process. You know, Paul, this was his, I think this was his main message. Let's, let's read from verse 5. It says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. So we get to live with Jesus. Man, we're excited about that. We love that. Uh, you know, it's like uh, Paul said in, in Galatians. He said, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. It's, not, it's no longer me that's alive. This is one of his main messages in, in, the, uh, in, in the epistles. He, he would always talk about how we're alive in Jesus. We're dead. Our old self was crucified. Our, our old self is gone. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're free from sin. We're free from, from the power of sin. Uh, but it was also Paul who said that I die daily. You see, we could say, yeah, we're free from sin. We, we die. That's it. No, sin no longer has any power over us. But at the same time, we have to die daily because we can die. And then, and then the next morning, our sin pulls a, pulls a little Houdini and it, and it raises back up to life. And it, and it wants to take over again every morning. That's why Paul, the great apostle, can you imagine the greatest apostle to ever live, turned the world upside down. And he said, I die daily. He said, I die 
daily. It was, it was a daily thing for him, man. If we, he died daily, I mean, how often do we have to die? You know, maybe we just might as well stay on the cross, never get back off, you know. And, and because Paul, there, there was, there was a, a, he, he understood what it, what it meant. He understood what the power of, of, of the cross was. And uh, we're going to go over right now to uh, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, just take a right, and it's a, you got 1 Corinthians, take uh, 2 Corinthians after that, and then you got Galatians. If you don't know what Galatians was, chapter 5, uh, starting from verse 24, Galatians 5, 24. It says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. It says that if we belong to Christ Jesus, what do we do? We nail the passions and desires of our sinful nature to his cross. It's, it, they're nailed to the cross. That's it. You know, we can carry our cross, uh, but that's not all we do with our cross. You know, if, if somebody was carrying the cross, there was one huge implication is that they were going to be crucified on that cross. You wouldn't carry it just for no reason. You wouldn't carry it. It wasn't like a, a workout back in the day. They would, it, it wasn't a sport. You know, cross carrying wasn't a sport. It was, it was, if you're carrying a cross, you don't have anything, you don't have any other business but, you're, but being crucified on that cross. You don't have any, any other, you're, nothing else is going to happen if you're carrying a cross, but you're about to be crucified on it. That's the only thing that's going to happen. And uh, when, we, when we carry our cross, we, can't, we don't just carry it. We, Jesus didn't say, you know, just be a, be a good Christian. He said, carry your cross. But when, he, when, when Jesus said, carry your cross, he didn't mean just, just walk around, you know. He didn't say, just have a t-shirt that says, I'm with Jesus. You know, he didn't say, get a bumper sticker on, on your car and say, and say, real men love Jesus, you know. He, he didn't say, read the Bible five minutes a day. No, he said, carry your cross. And that means you're going to get crucified on that cross. That, that, that means that something's going to happen on that cross. Something's going to happen with us. And it says, if we want to, since, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. If we want to live by the Spirit, there is no other way to live by the Spirit unless we apply the cross to our life. There is no other way to live by the Spirit unless we, unless we apply, uh, unless we crucify our sinful passions and desires. You know, all of us have sinful passions and desires. All of us have things in our life that are sinful, that are wrong, that must be crucified. There's no such person that never had something like that. We all have things that must be crucified on a cross. And many, many Christians, you know, they, they don't believe that they can be free from their sin. Uh, many Christians don't believe that they can have freedom from all of their sin. They, you know, they, they struggle and they say, man, I'm having a real hard time with this. I'm having a really hard time with that. And, you know, there is a point when we struggle with sin, but there's also a point when we die to sin. And many, many, many just... They, they, don't, they don't understand. They think that they cannot defeat this sin. You know, I, I know maybe you had, you had thoughts like that. That's, that's devil, devil lies to us. He tells us, you know what, you can't, you can't defeat this sin in your life. You can't have victory over this. You can't have victory over that. There's, there's, you, you, it's not for you. Other people can do it, but you can't. It's too hard for you. You can't do it. See, that's the devil lying to us because God says that, if we belong to Christ Jesus, 
we will crucify our sinfulness. We're going to nail it to the cross. If, we, if, we, if our sins are still in our life, that means that there's still areas that need to be crucified to the cross. And let's look at, let's look at uh, the next chapter, chapter 6, uh, starting from verse 7. It says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest, death, will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. So there's, it says you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Uh, God said in, in, um, in Genesis, he said there's, there's a couple things that are always going to be on the earth. And one of those things is planting and harvesting. There's, there's, it's a principle with God. You can't mock the justice of God. That's how he works. There's planting, there's harvesting, right? There's you reap what you sow. It's, it's, it's something that's always been throughout time. Whatever somebody has sowed, that's what they're going to reap. Uh, you cannot plant something. You cannot plant an apple and get tomatoes to grow, right? You can't plant an apple seed and get a cherry tree. It just doesn't happen. Uh, we, we reap what we sow into our lives. And it's, this is saying when we sow into our sinful nature, we're going to reap from our sinful nature. If we plant bad things, we're going to reap bad things. Isn't that right? If we sow into the Spirit, we're going to reap spiritual things. That's just that's how it works. There's, there's no way around it. There's, that's just how it's always worked. As we, as we sow, if we sow into our sinful nature, we're going to reap from that sinful nature. If we sow emptiness into our life, guess what we're going to reap? We're going to reap emptiness. If we sow into the Spirit, we're going to reap from the Spirit. Um, I wanted them to put up, uh, Luda, if you could put up uh, Hosea, chapter, uh, Hosea chapter, tw- chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Let's read it. It says, I said, this is God saying, I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. But you have cultivated wickedness and harvested a thriving crop of sins. So God says, plant the good seed of righteousness. Then you're going to harvest love. He said, plant the good things. You're going to get the good things. And how do you plant it? First, he says, you have to plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Has anybody ever uh, spit cherry seeds? You know, like, a, like you, you, you eat a cherry and you spit the seed. Has a tree ever grown up as you spit that seed? No, I, I didn't either. You know, when I was little, I, I would spit those cherry seeds. I'm like, man, there's going to be so many, cherry, or so many cherry trees in our backyard. It's going to be full of cherry trees. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that, right? If you drop a seed on the ground, it's, it's not going to go. And it's just, there's going to be some birds going to eat it or it's just going to die and nothing's going to happen. You've got to bury it in soil. And to get the good seed of the Word of God or the Spirit of God, to, to, to come inside of us, it says you've got to plow up the hard ground. You know, many times the ground is hard um, in, in our hearts. Many times we are not sensitive to God. And so we have to plow up the hard ground of our hearts. You know, I believe plowing up the hard ground, it, it's, it's, it talks about repentance. It talks about uh, coming to Jesus and repenting and, and asking God for forgiveness and uh, changing our, 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 our character, working on ourselves. That, that's what it means to plow up the hard ground of our hearts. You know, many people, they want to harvest 
good things. They want good things to grow in their life, but they don't plant good things, right? They plant evil things. They plant emptiness into their life. They plant sin into their life. And guess what's going to sprout up? Nothing. Sin. Sin is nothing good. It says, but you have cultivated wickedness and harvested a thriving crop of sin. God called us to cultivate our hearts and and so that he may, he's, he's giving us the good. He says, God is going to shower righteousness upon you. We talked about this a couple weeks ago or last week with my group. God's going to bring the rain. God's, God wants to bring the, the harvest. God wants to bring good things in our life. God does. He wants to bring blessings. He wants to bring uh, something amazing into our life. But what's the problem? We don't cultivate our hearts. We don't, we don't plow up the hard ground. We don't work on ourselves many times. We want the end result, but we don't want the, the suffering. We don't want the work. And, you know, people, they get mad at God. They get mad, and, they, and, and, and they, they wonder, God, how come these good things aren't happening in my life? God, how come, God, I've been serving you. God, I've been, I've been coming to church three, three times a week. God, I've been doing all this work. God, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in ministry. I'm an usher. I'm a Sunday school teacher, whatever. God, I've been doing all this work for you, but I'm not getting a, crop, I'm not getting a harvest of good things. People around me are getting blessed. People around me are, 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 are uh, they're, they're growing in Christ. But I'm getting nowhere. I'm, I'm getting nowhere. I, I, don't, I don't see any results. I feel empty. God, what's going on? You know, people get mad at God. They don't understand. But what we have to, we, we have to realize is there's a reason. It says you cannot mock the justice of God in verse 7. You can't mock. That's how it works. You can't be misled. Don't, don't mislead yourselves. Don't allow yourself to think that if you sow into, into your flesh. How, what, what do I mean by sowing into your, sinful, into your flesh, into your sinful nature? You know, when you come home, you just sit back, you know, just relax, man. I'm, I'm just going to veg out, you know. I'm just going just gonna to relax. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, uh, you know, watch, watch a good movie, you know, just play some video games all day. You think you're going to want to pray after that? You think you're going to want to read the Bible after, after you're, you know, on, online all day, you, you do nothing? You, you think some kind of desire is going to hit you all of a sudden? Yeah, that's, I don't know. I've never had that happen to me. I, it, it doesn't work like that because as, as, we, harv- as we, we plant the good things into our life, that's when God, you know, you wonder how come some people are just, they're hungry for God. Some people are just, they're hungry for God. They're hungry for His Spirit. They're passionate for God. And some people, they don't have any passion whatsoever. You know, some people have worked on themselves. They've, they've, uh, they've worked on, uh, on sowing into, into the spirit man. You can sow into your spiritual life. You come to prayer, you know, come to prayer. You sow into your spiritual life. You, you, you don't feel like praying, that's okay. Come to prayer, you, you're sowing into your spiritual life. Uh, you read the Word of God. You, you spend time in the Word of God. You know, uh, it, it, was, it was interesting. I, I, just a couple months ago, I said, God, I want to get more hunger. I, I want more hunger for your Word. I want to read your Word more. I want to be more hungry for your Word. I want more of your Word inside of my life. And you know what's funny? I would, you know, as you kind of wait for that hunger to hit you, I was waiting, waiting, waiting. It doesn't really hit you. You know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't really come. It doesn't really just come out of nowhere. And so, and so I began to read more. I began to read more. I started uh, doing less uh, fleshly things, you could say, like that. I started uh, reading more books, more, more, more of God's Word. Just started, started just feeding my spirit on, on the Word of God. You know, and it's an amazing thing. As you feed yourself more of the Word of God, you get more hungry for it. Uh, you get more hunger for it. It's like, uh, have you ever gone a long time and you just ate little, a, a little bit of food? You, you lose your appetite, right? You find yourself less and less hungry. As you start to eat more, 
you eat more food, you, you find yourself, man, I'm hungry all the time. What, what's going on? I'm eating more. Why am I hungry? Why am I hungry all the time? It, it's, it's an interesting thing, but it, it works like that. That's how it works in the natural. The more you eat, the more appetite you have. The more, the more you feed yourself food, you know, the more food you eat, the more food you're going to want to eat. That's just how it works. And so I said, and, and as I started reading the Word of God, something started happening where, you know, you get hungry for the Word of God as you feed your spirit. You said, man, I, I'm, I'm getting more hungry. I'm getting hungrier and hungrier for the things of God. That's how you sow into your, uh, that's how you sow into your spiritual, um, into the spirit. You sow into the spirit. Because, look, we got to live by the spirit. Uh, in the Word of God, it says that the spirit gives us the desires to do what pleases him. God gives us the desires. His spirit, living by the power of the Holy Spirit, it gives us the desires to do what pleases him. If we don't have a desire to do what pleases him, the Holy Spirit is not working in us. And, and you know, you could say, well, that's God's fault. That's not my fault. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting on God. Well, that's, that's, that's the problem is as you are sowing into your, your sinful nature, you get less and less hungry for God. You, the, the word of God is less and less important to you, and you don't really care about it. Uh, and so that, that's, why, that's why we have to always constantly uh, come back to, to crucifying our, our, our sinful nature by feeding our spirit, by, by allowing God to, to work in our spirit. Uh, and so now I want to look at, um, in a couple of verses down, uh, let's look at verse 11. It says, notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's this verse. Here's this. Here's what he says later. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. He says, because of that cross, because of what cross? The cross of Jesus. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has died. It has died. My interest is, is gone from this world. I don't care about this world. You know, Paul, he even took a step further. He said in Philippians, he said that everything else is worthless. It's garbage when compared to the, to the value of knowing Jesus. Everything else is worthless. It, it means nothing. Paul, Paul, he understood what the cross was about. He he felt the cross. He, every day, he said he died on a cross. And he said, because of that cross, my, my interest in this world has died. He didn't care about the cross. He, he did not care. He didn't care what happened in this world. He didn't care what happened, what was going on. You know, he didn't care what was going on in Hollywood or, or what was happening around him, what his friends were doing. He didn't care because, because of that cross. You know, how come we are so interested, some, sometimes we're so interested in this world. Sometimes we're so interested. We would rather, you know, sit and read Facebook for two hours instead of read the Word for five minutes. Why is that? Why is that that we can, that we can watch television, but, but we won't go 
to our rooms and pray. How come? Because the cross has not yet, we have not yet crucified that desire, that sinful desire in us. We have not yet crucified, we have not yet left it on the cross. And Paul's, Paul, he did leave it on the cross. He said, that's why he said, I, I don't care about this world anymore. I don't care about what's going on, uh, what's going on around me. You know, we care so much, you know, if we only cared so much about how we look on the outside, as, as you know, let me say that again, I kind of got, got it mixed up. We care what, how we look on the outside. We, we, we care, if only we cared that much about how we look on the inside, amen? If only we cared how much we looked on the inside as how much we look on the outside, we'd be like Smith Wigglesworth, you know, raising the dead. If we just cared that much about what our condition is, what our heart is before God. If we only cared that much, but, but many times we don't. And that's why we need the cross. Many times we don't care about the spiritual things. That's why we need the cross of Jesus. You know, when you come to the cross, when you, uh, when you come to, 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 the, to the cross and, and repentance and you crucify your sinful nature, Jesus becomes more and more precious to you. He becomes greater and greater to you. The, Jesus becomes so much more personal. He becomes so much... Uh, he becomes your, your passion, your desire. You, you, want, you have a relationship with him. When you, when you are crucified at the cross, it causes you to, to see Jesus in a whole new way. It causes you to, to just uh, reevaluate everything in your life. When you meet Jesus at the cross, when you crucify your, your desires, your sinful nature, when, you, when it's crucified, you don't care about what's going on. And, you know, what, what, what your friends are doing. You don't care about what's on TV. You don't care about, uh, you know, what, what this world is doing. You just don't care. You know, you don't be caring. It's just, you don't really, you, you, you don't care what they're doing. You forget completely about it because Jesus is so precious. Jesus is so close to you, so near that you don't care about anything else. And so many times we, we, we get away from that. We we lose sight of that. We forget about the cross. We forget about, uh, we forget about uh, dying on, on that cross. Um, and in verse 15, it says, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. That what matters is we have been transformed into, into a new creation. You know, when we talk about holiness, holiness is not... It, Paul was talking to the uh, Galatians. He said, you foolish Galatians, why would you start something in the spirit? You got saved in the spirit. Why would you continue it in the flesh? You tried, they, tried to, uh, they said that circumcision was a sign of true holiness. That's what they believed. Uh, the, the Galatians, that church, they, they believed that they could be circumcised, and that's how they could please God. And so many times we, we think that circumcision or, or rules are, are we're, we're trying, you know, we're trying, to be, we're trying to do good. You know, you talk to people, you know, I, t- I talk to some people and they're like, man, I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to do the right things, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm not perfect, but, but man, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying, but, but that's not the point. That's, that's, that's living in legalism. It says that, it says, he says that what counts is whether or not we have been transformed into new creation. Holiness is being Christ-like. That's what holiness is. Is becoming like Christ. It's not following rules. Holiness is not, um, you know, staying away from, from certain things. That's part of holiness. When you're walking in holiness, yeah, you'll get away from that filth as fast as possible. 
you know, but holiness, it's, it's not like nobody's going to chase around after you asking you, you know, what radio stations are you listening to? You know, what, what, what TV shows are you watching? That's, that, that's not holiness. That, that's legalism. Trying to follow a rule. You know, try, trying to follow certain guidelines. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to be a good person, man. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow these things. I'm trying to be a good person. That's not holiness. Holiness is becoming a new creation. Uh, and a new creation is, is your old self was crucified. Like you don't even care about what you used to do. What you used to do was so bad that, that you would leave it. You know, so, ma- so many times we keep the things of the world in our life, what we used to do, we keep it, and, we just, and we're just Christian. We do everything the same, but we're just Christian. Everything is, is, is like the world, but we're just Christian. See, that's, that's not holiness. True holiness is becoming Christ-like, where uh, it says that we can have the mind of Christ. As you start thinking like Christ, you start doing what Christ would do, that is becoming, that is true holiness. That is true uh, that, is, that is becoming Christ-like. That's what, that's what the goal is. The goal is to be a new creation where your old sinful self, Paul, Paul said, it's no longer I who lives. That's, that's our goal. It's no longer us who live. Our old self is gone. I don't, I don't, it's not me anymore that lives. It's Christ lives in me. That's what, that's what holiness is. That's what being crucified at the cross, that's what it means. It means that your old sinful self, is, it's no longer part of you. It doesn't dictate what you do. It doesn't dictate uh, what you say or, or what, what you believe in. That's, that's, that, that's old. That's passed away. That's gone. Old things are gone. The new, the new is here. And, and here it says in verse 17, it says, From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. He said, I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. You know, guys, we, we, we love to do this. We love to compare scars. We're like, you know, how many scars you have? You know, I have this many scars. Oh, I got this one from falling off a tree. I got this one from riding my bike. You know, I got play, I was playing football and I got this scar. It's like, you know, we, we, we love to look at scars. You know, that's what guys do. But, but Paul, Paul said, don't let anybody trouble me about these things. What things? Circumcision. He said, don't, don't tell me about, about how good you're trying to be. Don't tell me, you know, what, what, what you're trying to 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 accomplish by yourself. Don't, don't tell me that. He said, for I bear on my body the mark, the scar that I belong to Christ Jesus. Another translation is the marks. You know, we could be at church and we can do all the right things. We can come to prayer. We can do everything right. We can do everything, everything like everybody else is doing. We can, we can uh, pray. We can come. We can read the Bible. We can keep up with the Bible plan. But we can miss becoming a new creation. We can miss becoming a new creation in Jesus. And that is a danger, is that we can miss that. We can do what everybody else is doing, but we can miss it. And Paul said, don't, don't let anybody talk to me about circumcision, about the, this legalism. Don't talk to me about that. He said, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. You know, he was, he was probably talking about his spiritual our, our, our soul, you know. Yeah, he probably was talking about his, his uh, flesh as well. He, he was beaten for God. He probably had scars, literal scars uh, for Jesus. But I believe that this is an inward kind of a, an inward mark, that we are marked for Jesus. It's an inward thing. There is something that, that we have gone through. You know, when you go through, through things, when you are crucified on a cross, when you're crucified, when you have, when, when you go through when you die, you go through the death process. 
you are a new creation. Uh, you, you have a scar on you. You, you're, you have a scar that, that you don't, you're not the same anymore. You, you have a scar that, that shows that you are not who you used to be. You are different now. So my question is, do we, do we have, do we bear on our bodies the scars that show that we belong to Jesus? Is there, can we say that because of this and this, I belong to Jesus? I've went through so much. I've, I've died to myself. I, I went through the fire. I went through the flood. You know, I went through the fire. I came out as pure gold. And now there's scars that, that are there that show I belong to Jesus. And I'm not talking about like, like uh, you know, like, a, like, a, like you got hurt on the inside. I'm talking about you are marked for Jesus. You, you're, you're marked. When somebody sees you, they know that you have Jesus on the inside of you. Do we bear on our, on our bodies? Paul said, I bear on my body the, the scars, the marks that show that I am, I belong to Jesus. Are we, are we a new creation on the inside? Are we really a new creation? Do we have that scars? Do we, do we have those, those things that if somebody looks at us, they know, you know, this is a person that belongs to Jesus. They, they talk like Jesus. They, they sound like him. They, 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 they would do the things that Jesus would do. Uh, and, you know, and I'm, I'm not talking about uh, like, like we can't, you know, we can't do anything worldly. Are you saying we can't do anything worldly? That all our life is just supposed to be holiness? And No, th- I mean, there's going to be things in our life, you know, natural things. But the, the issue is, is when, our, when we become uh, prideful, when, when we leave the cross and, and we, we stop carrying our cross. And the issue becomes when we, when we stop dying to ourself. That's when the issue that, that's what the issue is. The issue is not, you know, uh, you, you, you can hear this message. You could be like, oh, well, that means I'm just, all I have to do is, is just read and pray and I can't do anything. I can't do anything that's not spiritual. No, that's, that's not the point. The point is, is that we need to die to our sinful desires. We all have desires that are sinful. We all have desires that are fleshly, that are stopping us from knowing God more. There's things in our life that are, that are, taking our attention away from God. There's, there's many things. And, you know, sometimes we, we come before God. And, you know, I had this before. We're like, you come to before God and you're, you're like, God, why is this happening in my life? God, how come uh, it's, I'm going through this dry season? I don't, I don't have any answers. You know, sometimes God works on us. But a lot of the times, most of the time, it's our own sinful nature that's getting in the way. A lot of times we want to get to the next level in Christ. We want to grow in God. We want, some, we want his blessings, but we have not crucified something in our life. Something is still taking a hold of us. And that's why the cross is such an intense message because it, it forces you to do something that you do not want to do. It, the cross, it demands. It demands, uh, it, it demands change. It demands a new lifestyle. And... Uh, Jesus said that unless a kernel of wheat fall and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces a great harvest. There is a principle that unless something dies, it is not going to produce a new harvest. It's not going to produce new life unless it first dies. And unless we have something that dies inside of us, unless something dies to, you know, where, where you, you feel like you've come to the end of the road. You feel like, you know, like it's, it's emptiness inside. You know, I don't know. I don't know where, where you're at, but, you know, we're, we all have different places and we all have things in our life uh, that, that we all need to, to get rid of. But, but sometimes there's, 
there comes a point where, where your next step is, is to crucify your desires. That's the next. So we, we, sometimes we come to the point where, where we tried everything else and nothing else seems to be working. And that's why it's so important. That's why we have to come to the cross every day. We have to, we have to start at the cross. Every day we have to say, Jesus, what, what is in me? What, what is, what, what's, what's in me that, that is sinful? What, what, what are the things that are, that are stopping your spirit from moving in my life? And uh, we're going to pray shortly, but, but I wanted, I wanted uh, just for all of us to just reflect, you know, is there emptiness? Is there something in our life that, is, that, is, uh, that has hit a kind of a stalemate where, where, we don't, where we don't really see a way out? And if we could just all bow our heads right now and um, uh, just, you know, just as we are before God, just, just to think and just to ask God, you know, what, what, is, what is going on in, in our lives? What is going on in our hearts? Uh, just be honest, tra- transparent with him. You know, we're going to have an altar call, but, but uh, you know, some of us, we, yeah, we all have things in our life that we have to get rid of. We all have things in our life that, that is not pleasing to God that we have to get rid of. But I believe that, that this word is for, is for some people that, that you, you're, at the end of the, you're at the end of your own efforts. You're at the end of your own, uh, your own, your own effort to try to be holy, your own efforts. And you feel like, like you need to die to, to your sinful nature. You feel like something that you're not pleasing God right now with your life. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know where, where you're at. But there, was, there always comes a point in our life where we must come to the cross. There always comes a point in our life where, where we have to come to the cross. And, and maybe you haven't, you haven't come to the cross in a long time. Maybe it's been a long time and you feel empty and you feel discouraged and you feel like you can't get anywhere. And that's why tonight you have to come to the cross. If you feel like something, like, like you have to do something, then you have to come to the cross. God, God is calling us to a better life. God, God is calling us to, to a better life. God is calling us to new life, to a new life in Him. God is calling us to live by the Spirit. But until that happens, but until that, that cross is in our life, until we crucify that, that part of us, it's not going to come. It's that the, the new life is not coming. But God wants, God gives us always an opportunity to, to work on ourselves. And let's stand up right now. And if you feel like, like you need to come to the cross, then come up to the cross right now. But if, you, if, you, if, if, you, if it's half-hearted, if it's half-hearted, then, then don't come. If it's, if it's something that's half-hearted, then don't come to Jesus. But if you know that, that, you're, that you're living in sin, you have things in your life that you've got to get rid of, don't be complacent. Don't be... Don't, don't allow compromise in your life. You got to get rid of it tonight. You got to come to the cross in, in humility and brokenness because God wants to do a work in you. God wants to do a work in you. But until, until that brokenness comes, until that cross comes, it's not, that, that work is not going to happen. That's why God says to plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Plow up the hard ground of your heart. Allow God to work in you. Allow, allow the Holy Spirit to, to work in your life tonight. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to work in, 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 your, in, your, in your life. Allow God to change your heart. Allow God to do something in you tonight. God work in us tonight.